Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is Thank God I'm a Country Boy, an interview with Mitch Webb. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is Mitch Webb. Mitch Webb is a 33-year-old self-described country boy from Durham, North Carolina. Until seven years ago, Mitch Webb was living the American dream. He was married, working in corporate America, earning a substantial income, and he was being groomed to take over a successful family business. Mitch Webb's dream life quickly turned into a nightmare when he began to exhibit the symptoms of a tick disease. His illness was exacerbated when he and his wife moved into a historic house that contained black mold. Eventually, he was diagnosed with various illnesses, including Lyme disease, chronic fatigue syndrome, anxiety, and depression. Mr. Webb's health condition required him to take a break from the fast lane to attempt to heal his body. When Mr. Webb's health improved enough to return to his corporate job, his sales manager urged him to talk less about health and more about his job. That moment allowed Mr. Webb to realize that his corporate job did not allow him to help other people. He left his job and began a course of study to become a health coach. Today, Mr. Webb describes himself as 100% healed from Lyme disease, and he credits his tick disease journey with allowing him to find his passion and his purpose. Hey, Mitch Webb, thank you for joining us on the program. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. So Mitch, can you tell us a little bit about what your life was like before you started to find yourself symptomatic from a tick disease? So that was maybe 10 years ago. I, uh, I was a normal college kid and quickly went into the workforce. I was a sales executive uh, working for my family company, uh, a large printing business here in, uh, in Burlington, North Carolina. And, you know, I was working with some of these, these big companies and, you know, I was, I was super stressed. I, uh, I, had a, I had a pretty large income. I had the perfect life, if you will. Just married my beautiful wife, was in line to take over the business, had, had the nice expense count, the company car and preparing to build my dream home with my wife. So, you know, everything seemed to be going in the right direction and I was I was set up to win and you know and then I and then I got Lyme and had to kind of take a break from life in the fast lane and uh, really look at how was I going to heal my body and, and ultimately through that I was able to find out who I was, what I was made of and my path and purpose in life. All right, so Mitch, we're going to walk back a little bit to when you first started showing symptoms. Can you share with our listeners how your symptoms began to develop? How did you know you were symptomatic? So I guess I need to back up a little bit before the Lyme, and I've got to give you guys the whole story. And so Lyme was, you know, we talked about earlier, before we got on the podcast, we were talking about Dr. Rawls and, you know, how your pot boils over. And so my pot started when I was traveling through Europe in college, and we were, we were up partying one night, and I fell out of a window and hit my head really bad. I fell two stories, had a traumatic brain injury. Okay, so I was the young and dumb, and I, I didn't really seek out any help. I didn't realize how hurt I was. I uh, started having out-of-body vertigo experiences, and I started having panic attacks. Didn't even know what that was, and I, I soon quit sleeping. I had an autoimmune breakout in my entire body. I had plaque psoriasis. Uh, when I got home, they said, hey, you know, you got a little bit of Dane bramage, but they sent me home on my way. Soon after that, I started taking antidepressants. They're not really antidepressants. I guess sedatives, benzodiazepines, and things like that, and I didn't even know what those were at the time. So then I, I get into the work world, the workforce, and I'm adding more stress and more stress. I, I started taking more of those sedatives, and then I moved into a house that had chronic black mold in it. I had actually found the paleo diet around that time and started improving. I was doing neurofeedback. I was doing lots of really good things for my brain. And I was actually about ready to get off the benzodiazepine. And when I moved into the house of black mold, about three months into it, I completely quit sleeping at all. So, you know, there wasn't a single medication that could help. I started losing my mind, it felt like. So I had all the symptoms of Lyme. Now, at the same time, 
This also coincided with a camping trip where I was bit by several very small ticks. And so, you know, I, and I've been bit by ticks my whole life. But, you know, I was a country boy, grew up out in the country, and I, you know, never really thought about it that much. And, you know, I quit sleeping. I'm, I'm, I'm having memory issues. My joints are really bad. You know, I would, I would get lost in traffic, you know, stuff like that. How do you believe the tick bite experience impacted the overall boiling pot that you seem to be exhibiting in uh, your lifestyle and, and life events? I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? So living in the mold, I think, suppressed my immune system enough that Lyme could come out. So if you were to test my blood now, and I've had this said by many doctors, is that, you know, if you look if you look at it, it looks like my immune system has definitely come into contact with it, but it's overcame it. So we know that mold symptoms and Lyme symptoms are very similar. And I think that because the mold suppressed my immune system, the Lyme was able to come out as well. So the, you believe the Lyme bacteria was successful in attacking your body because your immune system was compromised and un exactly. unable to manage the Lyme because of the compromise from the mold. That's it. So can you share with us when you were ultimately diagnosed with a tick disease? So I think I moved into the house around 2010, so I was about 24 years old, and then I was diagnosed maybe two years later at 26. So I, you know, I started reaching out to different friends and family and I had a health coach that I worked with and the neurofeedback that I mentioned earlier, I was going there to get some help with my brain. And the lady there is just kind of coincidence. Like she was my angel. She goes, Hey man, you know, the symptoms that you're talking about really sound like Lyme and I've got Lyme and, and there's an integrative doctor here in town that you need to go see. And so I worked with the integrative doctor for a year or two before we ever figured it out. And so I was had cancer and MS and all kinds of stuff. And so we had to, you know, kind of pull that apart until we figured it out and got diagnosed. So Mitch, was it tick bite prior to your traumatic brain injury on vacation in Europe? Well, I had tick bites my whole life, but I'd never had those really tiny ticks that bit me. And from what I understand, they're more prevalent with Lyme. And so the head injury maybe was three, four, five years prior. So can you walk us through, Mitch, the progression of your symptoms up until your diagnosis? Yeah, I think the main thing for me was sleep, anxiety, joint pain, and brain fog. You know, having issues after the head injury to, you know, cleaning up my diet and starting to see some, some new benefits and starting to sleep better. And then after being in that house for three months, I, I quit sleeping altogether. And about that time, you know, I've always been into exercise and I was starting to get into it more heavily. And my joints just started getting more and more painful and I had a group of guys that I was working out with and after everybody we'd all have breakfast at my house um, after a workout on Saturday morning and I would be in the floor laying on ice thinking that you know every time you work out you've got to be chained to ice for three to four hours not to mention the brain fog I began walking into the kitchen and not knowing why I was there and I would be driving in in traffic and in my hometown that I grew up in my whole life and I'd I didn't recognize where I was. I already had a little bit of anxiety, but it seemed like nothing could help me. So the medication that I was taking at that time didn't do anything for me. And so I noticed just an increase in symptoms across the board. That diagnosed in 2012 by your neurofeedback doctor. What was your plan once you got a diagnosis? I got the diagnosis and I began doing a series of herbal antibiotics. So I was taking, you know, things like Cemento and Cat's Claw and Death Bio and these different uh, herbal antibiotic tinctures where you would go up to 10 and down to one. And, you know, I remember thinking that one was going to, was, was going to do it. And that, you know, it was so bad the first time I did it, the die off, the Herx reaction symptoms were so bad that, you know, I figured, okay, this is only going to happen once. And, 
you know, I had to go through a series of those over the next, gosh, two or three years doing one, one a month and some being, you know, more stressful than others. And, and sometimes I, I get the feeling that maybe I added a little bit too much stress to my body. So Mitch, can you talk about how many doctors did you see before getting a proper diagnosis? You know, I was going to my general practitioner who was clueless. I, I worked with a health coach who was, you know, looking at my gut, you know, and they kind of pointed me to somebody else. This neurofeedback lady was just ended up being a really close friend. And, and ultimately, she's the one that sent me to the, the integrative doctor. I, I went to the integrative doctor literally to help me get off of medication. I was saying, hey, I'm, I'm taking this stuff too often. Uh, I don't want to be handcuffed to this for the rest of my life. And uh, I need your help. I mean, we had a really long conversation probably a three-hour intake, and uh, they're like, you know, we don't think you have anxiety. We think there's something deeper. You know, there might be some lime. There might be some mold, heavy metals. I had prediabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver. There's so many symptoms here that we just, I think we need to dig into it a little bit more, and that's where we started. So were there any conclusive misdiagnoses that you were given prior to the ultimate Lyme diagnosis? Yeah, I would say that, you know, one thing we said, your symptom cloud is so big that we can't really pin down exactly where this is coming from. And, you know, if you're familiar with Dr. Dan Pompa, he talks just like Dr. Rawls. He talks about your cup and your cup's overflowing. And I think all of those symptoms and, and life circumstances were adding up to the big picture of, of what I was dealing with. Lyme was just a piece of that. What ultimate test did you get to diagnose you with Lyme? Was it a blood test? The one where you get the different bands. If you've got two bands positive, it indicates a positive. I'd like to learn more about your healing process. I was really into bulletproof coffee and, and the bulletproof diet. And at the same time, I was following Dave Asprey and I'm in the doctor and they're like, hey, we think you might have some mold as well. And I'm like, you know, there's no way. I was renting a hundred year old house. I didn't know it. It's a beautiful house, but it just didn't, didn't look that old. And so I leave that doctor's appointment and Dave is doing a giveaway for his at-home mold test. And so I get a mold test done. Uh, we realized that there was more mold on the inside of the house than the outside of the house. They moved us out for a month. And so when I moved out for that month, that's the same month that I started doing my first round of, of Lyme detoxing with the herbals. You know, the way that I remember it is I started sleeping better, maybe because I'm out of that environment, but I would feel good in the evening and I would feel good uh, in the morning and I could sleep a little bit better for the first time. But during the day, I knew that about lunchtime, you know, it felt like cortisol spikes. I just had really high cortisol. The brain fog kicked in. You know, my way of combating at the time, which, you know, I don't agree with, was I was taking, I, I found nitro coffee. So I was doing two to 400 milligrams and pumping that in in the morning so that I could remember my name after lunch. I mean, they, they told me I'd call into the office and I'd ask for the same person three times in a row and ask them the same question. And so that everybody started around me, started you know, asking questions, you know, what's going on? And that lasted for a year or two, I would say. And then I got into, into heavy metal detoxing at the time. I was doing IV chelation. I think that's terrible. So it was detox done wrong. So instead of grabbing those heavy metals, pulling them out of the body with binders correctly, they were recirculating and getting deeper into my brain. And so, you know, I was working with this functional doctor. They definitely got me out of the woods a little bit as far as the line. I think that's probably what they helped me with the most. The metals, I think screwed me up a little bit, but I ultimately 
I'm big into Ben Greenfield. I don't know if you guys know his podcast, but I went down to meet him and Joe Mercola, Dan Pompa at a, a, a health seminar in Atlanta. And Dan Pompa gets up there and shares his story of overcoming Lyme and different symptoms that go along with that heavy metal. And, and then all of his clients, I'd never heard anybody speak exactly to what I was dealing with. And so we started working together. Soon after that, we were addressing the Lyme. We were addressing the mold. We were addressing the heavy metals all at the same time. And when I started getting better was when I really started getting into the diet. So I'm a firm believer in ketosis diet with an emphasis on fasting and with intermittent fasting, long-term fasting. When I, and I, but I had non-alcoholic fatty liver. I had prediabetes. I didn't know that. My blood sugar was 120 and I would consider that pre-diabetic. I tried the keto diet for quite some time, for maybe a year and a half. Couldn't really get into it. I'd feel good for two weeks and I'd feel like crap. I'd be waking up in the middle of the night. I'd be you know, stressed out and anxious during the day. Whenever we found out that I had non-alcoholic fatty liver, you know, he's like, you know, the only way to really burn off that fat and that sugar that's accumulated in your liver to get it to work properly, to get you to this ketotic state, to be able to burn fat, like a fat-burning beast, that I needed to, to take care of that. And so he goes, hey, why don't you go listen to some of these podcast on extended fasting and you know I was in as soon as I listened to it you know when I work with clients when I tell them this story I'm like do not be like me you know do not run into this you know there's such an, an easier more elegant way less stressful way to do this and if we go at the client's pace I'm kind of an extremist I guess you would say and I I jumped in full bore the first five-day water fast was absolutely terrible um, I didn't sleep at all my heart was pounding through my chest I didn't understand how to supplement with minerals and some things to look out for the second one I got through, I think I did seven days. And when I did that, I was able to make ketones for my own body now. And whenever I was able to get into ketosis and continue to a fasting lifestyle with that, that's when I started feeling the most results. And at the same time, I was doing cycles. And so, you know, using lots of binders and doing heavy metal protocols and doing lots of different lime tinctures and bringing them in, you know, three, two or three at a time. And Every, you know, maybe it was a week, maybe it was five days on, five days off, I would, I would go off of them and come back on them. And so, you know, the thought there, I believe, was to give them a time off, let them to come out, eventually encourage them to come out, and then to kill them with the herbal antibiotics, but to keep them on their toes by throwing in a multitude. I mean, if I went upstairs right now, I could probably pull out like 12 to 15 different tinctures that I was using, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with a lot of them. Can you talk a little bit more about the heavy metal detox and the mistake you made? and how eventually you learned what the proper way to do that is. Because many Limeys go through the same struggle, and I think it's important to know the right way to detox from heavy metals. When I first found out I had a heavy metals, we were doing IV chelation. It was probably DMSA. And so we were, I was going in for you know, a day at a time doing a couple hours of, of chelation. They would just give me a, literally a handful of chlorella. And so, yeah, chlorella can bind up heavy metals, but it's very weak. And, you know, they had people doing five to 10 a day. And, and I will say in the beginning of doing that, I was hurting just from taking five chlorella, which blows my mind these days. But uh, back then it was hurting me. So what you want to do is you want to take a strong binder, something that's going to sit in the gut, something that's got clay, activated charcoal, different things like that. And I think you need to do more than just activated charcoal so it'll stay in the gut a little bit longer. And you want to do it at nighttime. So when your body is going through... Uh, maybe it's recycling process. It's getting all the junk out in the middle of the night. You want to have something to catch, like a catcher's mitt in the gut, to catch and bind all of those metals. And I didn't have that. So if I don't have a catcher's mitt in my gut and I'm chelating tons of metals, basically they're going to recirculate deeper into my tissue. And because of my head injury, 
I believe that it was able to cross the blood-brain barrier and get deeper into the brain that way. So ultimately, I had to get on a different protocol where I was doing DMSA and alpha-lipoic acid every four hours, and I was waking up at night, and I would bind at nighttime along with taking the Lyme supplement. And I did that for about two years. And I would say that if somebody is going to get on that, you definitely want to make sure you test first. Make sure that's a priority. It is quite stressful in the body. Sometimes you feel amazing. Other times you just feel like you've got Lyme again. You know, it was absolutely terrible. You know, sleepless night, lots of stress, high cortisol. But other times that cortisol felt good, to be honest. And just here in the past year or so, after doing three years of that, I learned an easier way to do it. So I use a product called Vitality Drop. And I went from feeling like I'm handcuffed to this heavy metal detox to doing something that's a lot more mild. Now, I still, if I go a week without having the Vitality Drop, which is, uh, I hate saying this word, tenopotolite, I can't say it. It's going to bind to the metals. And it's also getting all kinds of mold and other toxins and BPAs, plastic, stuff like that. So I went without taking that for seven days. And I remember this happened maybe a couple months ago. And I had a, a men's group that I was going to once a month. And, you know, we would share, you know, a homework assignment. I think we were talking about the blue zones. And so I had to come in and share my topic. And I hadn't been sleeping. I was feeling like I had my old symptoms come back. And uh, that really scared me to death. And I, I didn't know how I was going to be able to sell to share this homework assignment. I couldn't use my brain. But luckily, someone brought me the vitality drops while I was there. I wasn't even thinking about this. I took 20 drops, and I wouldn't shut up. I led the meeting. I couldn't quit talking. I got my brain again. And I was just so passionate to, to learn that. And you know, I'm still on it today. So, Mitch, those are called vitality drops for our listeners? Vitality drops, yes. What else did you do to treat your Lyme disease and manage your Herxings? You know, I was also doing lots of liver gallbladder flushes. Funny enough, I'm actually preparing for one of those right now. I'll be doing a, a seven-day liver cleanse, followed by a uh, liver gallbladder flush at the end. Just because of all the toxins we're pushing through the liver, getting the Lyme, getting the mold, getting the heavy metals out, I felt like that was necessary. Other than doing the herbals, you know, I was doing lots of sauna, infrared sauna, red light therapy. I got really into cold. And so using cold, it really activates the vagus nerve, can reduce inflammation, so it helped my joint. There was a point I used exercise, high-intensity exercise, and I used to pound my body. So if I was stressed, I felt like I needed to add more stress. And that's what I, that was kind of my motto for many years. And then there was a point when I wasn't able to use exercise anymore. I had to really get into meditation. And that's been one of the most transformative things. You know, going from a high school football meathead to a uh, practicing monk, if you will, was quite the change for me. But you know, I use Wim Hof breathing through a, a breathing practice and a cold exposure is able to help people with lots of chronic illnesses. I really got into that because I couldn't work out. I was really into neurofeedback. So hooking up my brain and working on the different frequencies, acupuncture, the multi-day fasting, the ketosis. Amp coil is something that I've used recently. It has Rife technology, PMF, and a Tesla coil. That was very transformative. And then big on CBD, obviously I took a million supplements. I was doing IV brain detoxes, grounding, getting my bare feet on the ground, EFT, tapping, that kind of thing, big into binaural beats, and then the mindset. Mindset was probably the biggest part. So Mitch, can you explain what binaural beats is for our listeners? Binaural beats is you're going to have one frequency in one ear and another frequency in the other. So if I've got, you know, 10 hertz in this ear and I don't know, say I've got 30 in the other ear, your brain's not picking up the two frequencies, it's picking up in the difference. So my brain's going to go to that 20 hertz, and it's going to help me get into a, an associated brain state, whether that's alpha, theta, 
you know, delta and out of beta, which is your stressful brain frequency. And you also mentioned tapping EFT, which we're not familiar here at Dick Bootcamp. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, tapping is, you know, you're basically just tapping on different points in your body and come up with a statement. So say mine's anxiety. I would say, even though I have anxiety right now, I love and accept myself unconditionally, right? And so you would rate that. Is that like a zero to 10? Where's that at? So I'm at a 10 right now. So now I'm going to tap the top of my head. I'm going to tap the uh, right of my hairline as I say that affirmation over and over. And then I'm tapping in between my eyebrows. I'm tapping my eye socket around those. I'm tapping under my nose and the top of my mouth. I'm tapping my chin. I do my collarbones and then I do my chest. And then I check in again and I say, you know, even though I'm experiencing this anxiety, I love and accept myself unconditionally. And where am I at now? And a lot of times you'll find after one or two sessions of that, you can go from a 10 to a, you know, a six or a four. And it's, it's pretty amazing. I, I do that with a lot of my, my clients these days. So you really feel that's an effective way to treat anxiety and some other symptoms related to Lyme disease? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, entrainment and pulling the mind out of the body. So just finding ways to get out of your own head. You mentioned AMP coil earlier and the PEMF technology. That's something that we had discussed yeah. with Dr. Rolls and some of our previous guests. Can you talk about how effective that was for you and if it helped you in your treatment? Yeah, I think it's what kind of like the final straw for me. So and this is only the last couple of months. When I moved to Durham, I just moved to Durham in December. I was still in a really bad place. And by January, I met a doctor who had an AMP coil. You know, after working with so many doctors and spending so much money, I was really apprehensive to reach out to anyone. I didn't feel like anybody understood where I was at and could meet me where I was at. Because I felt like I was so deep into it. But I needed to shed that last skin, right? I needed to get out of that mindset as well. And so I met a doctor here in, in Apex, and she was introducing me to the AMP coil. You know, you do a, a voice analysis that tells you, you know, what are the top two or three things that your body's dealing with. And, and it goes after it. Obviously, I was still dealing with some infections, some parasites. An amp coil is a, it's like a sound machine, if you will. It resonates to a certain frequency to kill those different issues that you're dealing with. And so for me, I was doing that maybe two to three times a week. And I still do it maybe once a week. And, you know, at the time, it was a breakthrough. It made me feel like I was meditating when I wasn't. So it was very euphoric. And I would get major breakthroughs from doing that multiple times a week. So Mitch, you also mentioned the hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So we have had some guests who it's really helped them and other guests that it's made them, you know, significantly worse. Can you talk about how that has helped you in your journey? Yeah, it was awesome for me. So I took one home, had it for about two months at my house. You know, I think more than anything, it helped improve some of the concussion symptoms. It made me feel really good. At the same time, I was doing the ketosis thing. So we know that when we're in ketosis, uh, we're going to have that lower inflammation combined with the hyperbaric oxygen. I was doing my deep breathing cycles in there and helping my body that way. It was another thing that's really interesting is I was back working out again at that point and I could, you know, let's say strain a muscle or maybe be a little bit under recovered after a workout and I could hop in there, take a nap and feel like Superman afterwards. And so it just boosted my immune system, I would say, and it got me to a place where I could heal a little bit more. Mitch, in your pre-podcast questionnaire, you mentioned that you make your own stem cells with multi-day fasting. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, so whenever we fast, what do we do? Our insulin goes down, our blood sugar goes down, our body's not getting any food, so our liver goes, I got to make my own. So I'm going to take adipose tissue, I'm going to take fat from my own body, and I'm going to convert that through my liver into ketones. And whenever we get into ketosis and fasting for multiple hours, I think around the 18-hour mark, we get into what's called autophagy. Autophagy is self-eating. 
So what happens is our old damaged aged cells are eaten by our body and recycled out and we make new ones. And so what kind of happens is you have these senescent thin cells that after, I think day four is maximum growth hormone. Day five of water fasting is when you get maximum autophagy, cellular cleanup, cellular repair. And so your body's taking out the trash and making new, more dense mitochondria, new cells. And so that's how I make my own stem cells that way through, you know, intermittent fasting and multi-day fasting. So Mitch, after you had these hurdles with your healing plan and adjusted your plan to feel better, you really made some significant progress. How are you feeling today? I feel amazing today. I've got my life back today. I, uh, you know, for the first time in, you know, 10 years, I'm, I'm sleeping again. I'm able to, I was just last night when you guys reached out to me, it was 10 o'clock and I was out past my bedtime. I was at a concert. I remember last night I was just standing there and I, I couldn't believe that I was at a concert and I was able to say yes last minute, you know, and even saying yes to this podcast last minute. So, you know, I, I put my life on hold for a long time and I'm finally getting that back. It's just really exciting to do things again. And now I, I feel like I have a duty. The reason I feel like I'm here is to help other people. And so, you know, I went from working in the, the nine to five corporate American job to open up my own health coaching practice. Every day I get to do what I love and I get to see amazing people have amazing transformations. And that it's been, a, it's been amazing. So I'm doing so much better. So Mitch, can you talk about how that evolved and how you're helping others overcome the obstacles that you faced and not make the same mistakes that you faced? Yeah, it started by, you know, going to the Lyme doctor. You know, I would go and I would sit in the patient room and I'd see people in some really tough situations. And, you know, I knew I was going through a lot too, but I never felt like I was going through as much as anybody else. I never really identified with Lyme that much. I didn't want to go on the forums. I didn't want to see other people's symptoms. I didn't want to put that in my head. I just wanted to focus on healing and helping my body any way I can. Like I said, I had lots of modalities, things that helped. It's never one thing, it's everything. And so, you know, I just wanted to give back even at that point, you know, and, and I would be sitting in there and I, I could tell these people didn't want to talk. And it just felt like crap. I felt that way too. And so I just started making small talk and, hey, how are you doing? What are you going through? Oh, I'm dealing with this. And I go, oh, yeah, I, I felt like that too. You need to try this, this, and this. Have you tried a miracle bath, you know, Epsom salt bath? Have you tried sauna? Have you tried cold exposure? Have you heard of this, this bulletproof coffee? Have you ever tried the ketosis diet? I would reach out to these people and, and I'd stay in touch with them and, you know, when I felt good, I'd call them and I'd try to give them some motivation. And ultimately, they did the same thing. And that just really resonated with me. It filled me up, made me feel good. And I was really getting into the health stuff and I was learning as much as I could. I mean, I was probably listening to four or five podcasts a day at work. You know, I remember my, my, uh, my sales manager going like, hey, man, can you talk a little bit less about health and talk a little bit more about your job? I was really upset at that. And I realized, too, at the same time, you know, these people aren't serving me, that I want to help others. And so I met a really cool chiropractor at the time. And I would say ketosis was a fringe diet at that time. It wasn't like it is today. And it's like the Goldilocks of the health and wellness community. And I met this doctor who was as crazy as I was. And so <laughs> I could tell by the how fast his brain was working and how fast his speech was and where his cognitive function was and how much energy he had. I'm like, you're in ketosis. And he's like, yeah, so you're taking ketones. And he went, yeah. And so I'm like, we got to talk. And so we just started nerding out together. And I really was into all these different modalities that I had learned, you know, the hot, the cold, the red light, the infrared, compression, float therapy, flotation therapy, all this stuff. And so I'm like, you know, I'm in this corporate job, man. It, it looks nice on the outside. I'm coming in these nice business suits to get an adjustment. He's a chiropractor. 
but I, I'm dying inside, man. I hate this. I want to do what you do. And so I started sharing my interest in these different health modalities. And he goes, oh, come here. You got to try this uh, laser. And he goes, put it on your brain, you know, and we're just really geeking out of this stuff. And I go, hey, man, have you ever thought of opening up a cryotherapy center and having these different modalities? And he's like, yeah, that would be cool. Let's do it. And so that's all I needed. I left and I didn't ask any questions. It ended up not manifesting. But what he did was he's like, dude, you're a health coach. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, you know, you, you work with diet and lifestyle with people and you work one-on-one and I also do groups and I have an app and those kind of things. But he goes, if you're going to get your certification, then I'll start sending clients your way. And so I got my certification over the next six months, nine months, something like that. I quit my job and, you know, I was, I was also going through a lot of healing that time. That's probably why it took a little bit longer. But by the end of that year, from leaving the job, taking some time to study the course, getting certified. I landed with like five customers and you know, we're working on this business, this recovery business, if you will, it never came to fruition, but the health coaching took off and I realized I loved it and it was my purpose and my passion to help others and, and the rest is history, man. So Mitch, can you share with our listeners what the name of your company is and what type of services you're now offering to folks who may be dealing with Lyme challenges? My company name is Primal Lift Health Coaching. And so what that means is obviously I was into lifting at the time. The course that I took was primal, but it has a little bit deeper meaning than that. Using primal ancestral eating and lifestyle choices have helped humans for hundreds of thousands of years, our ancestors, applying those known modalities and applying that to the modern society where, you know, we've got all this convenience and we've got food on every corner and we've got, you know, fake food and all these things. I offer one-on-one coaching where, I work with a select number of one-on-one executive coaching. And then I also have a group that I do. It's the same exact course. It's just at a discounted rate. So that way I can reach more people. And I also have an app that I do that's you know, even cheaper than that. If somebody just wants to follow some videos and go through it and doesn't need the one-on-one assistance. So Mitch, if one of our listeners was in the throes of their tick disease, what would you recommend that they do to begin a relationship with you? All you'd have to do is reach out to me on Instagram at coach underscore Mitch Webb. Send me an email. My email is k.mitch.webb at gmail. Reach out. Let me know that you're interested. So anybody that's listening to this podcast can call and give them a free hour and we'll just talk about what's going on. And I'll tell them my approach to things and what's helped me and meet them where they're at. And so based on where they're at, kind of give them an idea of where they need to go and, you know, give them some resources to check out, podcast books, that kind of thing. And, you know, if they feel like they need some more one-on-one help, then that's what I'm here for. So Mitch, do you think the recommendations that you would make for a potential customer who is dealing with Lyme challenges, would your advice be different if they were in the acute phase of their infection rather than the chronic phase of their infection? I think anything that we can do to manage stress and to work on the mindset of maybe looking at like the warrior's journey and realizing that we have a challenge ahead of us and we've got to rise to the challenge. You know, really, you've got to do everything perfect at that stage, but without stressing the body too much. So how can we reduce stress, reduce inflammation, clean up your diet? I think diet is such a strong treatment and a great place to start, you know, but we've got to go slow. We've got to meet to where you're at. You know, I have clients for the first week, we're just drinking clean water and putting some electrolytes in it and you know, getting our bare feet on the ground twice a day and getting out in the sun and, you know, maybe doing some breathing exercises. I mean, a diet should be, it should taste good. And when I, when I first started doing this, I would pinch my nose, make the nastiest smoothie with every superfood on the planet in there. And sure, that was probably beneficial, but it didn't have to be done like that. Food should be enjoyable. It should be fun. And uh, you shouldn't be hungry and starving yourself either. 
Mitch, we noticed that yesterday on your Instagram account, you posted something about ketone salts and how they really, I don't want to be dramatic, but sort of change your life and help reduce inflammation and reduce your anxiety. Can you talk about what those are and, and how it really helped you? Absolutely. Yeah, ketone salts, they're bound to different minerals like sodium, potassium, magnesium. And when you take them, similar to, you know, when, you, when you're in a ketotic diet, when you're restricting carbohydrates or fasting, your liver's going to make ketones. But this is a way to take them exogenously. So you can make them endogenously through your own body. You can take them exogenously. And so what that's going to do is it gets around the Krebs cycle. You're able to use this as a fuel. And it's an alternative fuel for your brain, your heart, your muscles. It's utilized just like glucose, but at a less oxidative, less inflammatory state. And so when I took these for the first time, it was amazing for me. Now, not, not everybody gets the same results, but for me, it was like the lights came on upstairs for the first time. My brain turned on, my anxiety was gone, my focus was there, my word recall was on point, you know, and they're also a signaling molecule to the body to reduce the oxidation and inflammation. So it helped my joints, my memory, you know, everything improved. And so from there, I'm like, I got to figure out what this diet is and continue to use these ketone salts. I mean, I took one before I got on the call with you guys. I'm doing a disservice if I don't use it because my cognitive function and my word recall is much stronger that way. Knowing now what you know, if you woke up tomorrow morning with a tick biting you on the leg, what would you do? I would try not to freak out, man. I would remove the tick uh, to get it to release in a way that the head doesn't come off. But ultimately, and most importantly, I would try not to freak out. So our mind is so powerful and we create our future reality with our thoughts and our emotions today. If I'm just telling myself that I've got Lyme again, if I'm focused on that, I can manifest that with my mind. That's the most important piece. And if I can expand on that a little bit, you know, I think ultimately that's what got me healed in, in the past couple of months is realizing I treated myself like a victim. I was a victim for so long and I was in that state for so long that I took on that identity. And once you get clear on the negative thoughts that you're telling yourself and the negative emotions that you're feeling, you can really see how we create our future with that. And so I think if we get clear on what we do want and the emotions that we expect to feel when we reach those goals, so we don't ask for that out of a place of pity or sorrow or, or hope, we know that it's already happened. So if your brain thinks the event has already happened, it is going to manifest that future for you. So a quick visualization that I do with a lot of my clients is if I close your eyes, I've got a lemon in my hand. And you can see the lemon, you can see the bumpiness on it in your mind. I'm going to cut that lemon in half and it's going to spray on your face a little bit. You're going to start to smell the citrus. And then now I'm going to cut it into quarters. And together, you and I are going to take this lemon and we're going to bite down on it. So when you bite down the lemon, you know what it tastes like. It's really sour. It's a little bit sweet. The juices are running down your mouth. And now you open your eyes and most of the people are going to say that their mouth started to salivate. And so that exercise right there shows us how powerful our thoughts are. And how important it is to stay positive. Even if we're going through the storm, focus on the person that you want to be. A lot of times I ask the people that I work with, what does the new you look like? In six months, we've worked together. You've made lots of changes. You've done everything right. What does that look like? What's that feel like? And that's what you got to stay focused on. So, you know, ultimately, just chill out and roll with the punches. We're going to have to deal with it one way or another. And, you know, getting worried and upset about it is just creating the wrong result, I believe. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with Mitch Webb. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to learn more about Mitch Webb and his tick disease journey, please visit his Instagram at coach underscore Mitch Webb or his website at www.primalift.com. That's P-R-I-M-A-L-L-I-F-T.com. 
Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Thick Bootcamp podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of this post. Third, the Tick Bootcamp has created a Tick Bite blueprint that is inspired by the information that has been provided by past guests on this podcast. We urge you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view the blueprint. Please note we would appreciate any input or improvements you would like to offer. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank you, our listeners, for your past comments. We would appreciate you taking a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes, on Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.